a little over 30 years after uh, the death and resurrection of Christ, the early church had flourished and grown and expanded throughout the Roman Empire. So much so that Peter, the first pope in the early 60s, was shepherding his flock from Rome. Then in the summer of 64 AD, there was a horrific fire. It blazed for several days and nights. When it was finally had burnt out, two-thirds of the city of Rome were destroyed. The emperor at the time, Nero, who was not a good man and not a good emperor, he needed somebody to blame for this catastrophe. And a very convenient scapegoat was found in this new religious group that called themselves Christians. And so began this violent persecution. And it makes sense that the early church, these, these early Christians, they feared for Peter, right, their leader, that he would be Nero's first target. And so they begged and pleaded with him to flee Rome during the persecution so he could continue the work, the mission Christ entrusted him with. And so Peter fled along the Appian Way, this ancient road outside of Rome. According to an ancient tradition, while he was fleeing, he was shocked and dumbfounded to see none other than Jesus walking in the opposite direction. Remember, this is 30-plus years after the, after the resurrection and the ascension. And so he cries out, Quo vadis, Domine? Where are you going, Lord? And Jesus responds, to Rome, to be crucified again. It's as if Jesus were saying, I'm going to do what you ought to be doing, what you should be doing. And upon hearing this, Peter, he reversed course. He returned to Rome, and he was, in fact, crucified. You know, St. Peter's initial decision to flee, uh, it makes sense, according to human wisdom. Just as a, as a nation seeks to protect its head of state, an army, its general. So it makes sense that the church wanted to protect the Pope. It was not God's will that Peter flee, at least this time. Rather, the Lord wanted Peter to go and bear witness to the power and wisdom of God that's manifested in the cross. I couldn't help but think of the martyrdom of St. Peter as I reflected on our second reading today from from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Because in this very short passage, merely five verses, St. Paul contrasts human wisdom with the power and wisdom of God. And the reason he does this, and it's actually a theme throughout much of Corinthians, is because he had to learn the hard way the difference between the two. Before Paul ever came to Corinth, he first went to Athens in Greece, one of the cultural epicenters of the ancient world, the, the home of Greek philosophy. And in Acts of the Apostles, I think it's 17, you can read about his missionary journey to Athens and this beautiful sermon that he gives. You know, he composed it masterfully, and you know he's preaching to philosophers, so it makes sense that he would use concepts and languages that would be appealing to them. But despite this beautiful sermon masterfully delivered, it falls on deaf ears. He basically strikes out. 
And so when he goes next to Corinth, he does so humbled. And he resolves that he's not going to rely on human wisdom or human eloquence or rhetoric, good though those things are. But he's going to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's going to preach the cross, which is the power and wisdom of God. And he does that, and Corinth is converted. The cross is the power and wisdom of God. And it's a mystery, it's a paradox, that on the surface it seems a contradiction. But when we see it through the eyes of faith, we see the profound truth. You know, think of Good Friday, what happened. Before Good Friday, Jesus is betrayed and abandoned. He's arrested, falsely accused, wrongfully convicted. He's tortured physically. He's mocked. He dies a not just a physically torturous death, but a publicly shameful one outside the city walls. He dies rejected by church and state, so to speak, and he's buried in the tomb. You know, objectively, none of those are good things. God became man to save us, and man killed God. That's a very bad thing. Yet the cross shows that God has the power to bring good out of evil, to bring victory out of defeat, to bring light out of darkness and hope out of despair, because the cross was not a disaster. It was this incredible victory by which Christ conquered sin and death and the devil, by which he wins the grace that forgives our sins, by which he he makes us his adopted sons and daughters of God. And the cross is is something every disciple is called to embrace, right? Jesus said if we want to come after him, we must pick up our cross and follow him. But he asks us to pick up our cross not because he wants us to suffer, he wants to punish us, but because he wants us to share in the glory of his victory and resurrection. And we actually see this in the rest of the story about Peter's martyrdom. So Peter was crucified in a place called Nero's Circus. Uh, what, what the Romans called a circus, we would call a racetrack. And he's crucified in the center of this stadium next to an obelisk, which was this stone pillar. Um, think of it like a smaller Washington monument with, with more decorations. And that obelisk was probably the last thing Peter saw on this earth. But this obelisk, it shows, ironically, the power in the, in the wisdom of the cross, the power and wisdom of God, because that obelisk is still around. It's been moved slightly, but it's essentially in the same location. Only it's not located in a circus named after Nero, but in a square named after a fisherman from Galilee, St. Peter's Square. The only thing that has changed is that on the top of this obelisk is now a cross. The very place where the Romans thought they were vanquishing the leader of, the, of Christianity, of the Catholic Church. The very place where the Romans thought maybe this was the beginning of the end of Christianity. It's today marked with the sign of Christ's triumph, the cross. Now, very few Christians are called to, to follow St. Peter to martyrdom. But we are all called to bear the cross because the cross is the road to heaven. The cross is the road to holiness. There's no Easter without Good Friday. Yet the problem is we run from the cross 
and we justify it with human wisdom. Perhaps like Peter justified running along the Appian Way as Nero's persecution flared up. And really, what we need is we need to shift our perspective about the cross. You know, what we need is we need to understand that the crosses God sends our way, that they are a gift from the hand of God, our loving Father. He sends us our crosses because he wants us to share in the glory and victory of the resurrection. And if you think I'm crazy, human wisdom certainly would, then listen to what St. Francis de Sales had to say about this. He, he wrote, The everlasting God has in his wisdom foreseen from eternity the cross that he now presents to you as a gift from his inmost heart. The cross he now sends you, he has considered with his all-knowing eyes, understood with his divine mind, tested with his wise justice, warmed with his loving arms, and weighed with his own hands to see that it be not one inch too large and not one ounce too heavy for you. He has blessed it with his holy name, anointed it with his consolation, taken one last glance at you and your courage, and then sent it to you from heaven, a special greeting from God to you, in alms of the all-merciful love of God. You know, Jesus in our gospel, he said, we're called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And we will if we learn this to live according, not to human wisdom, but the power and wisdom of God and the cross. Then our light will shine for others. Then we will be the salt of the earth we're called to be. When we encounter some suffering that we can't remedy, we need to entrust it to our Lord and say, Jesus, I offer this to you. Whether it's a mundane, annoying inconvenience or a profound, tragic, heartbreaking uh, incident, the only response is to see the crosses coming from the hand of, our, of God, our loving Father, who loves us and wants us to be the saints he created us to be, and then to embrace and offer our cross up and return to him. May our lives be founded not upon human wisdom, but upon the unshakable foundation of the power and wisdom of God manifested in Christ crucified. <laughs>